I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Is this the button that plays the Rich Eisen Show? With guest host Ben Lyons. It's very intense being at Yankee Stadium. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Somebody in the back, green shirt. And the only way to appease the mob was to take off your shirt. The Rich Eisen Show. Today's guests from Sirius XM NBA Radio, Frank Isola. Host of the Buster Show, Buster Sure. Los Angeles Sparks guard, Lexi Brown. Plus, actor Stephen Bishop. And now, here's Ben Lyons. Hey, welcome everyone to the Rich Eisen Show. My name is Ben Lyons. I am honored, humbled, and privileged to be here filling in for Rich on a Friday in the summertime. We've got the whole crew in studio. A big show to close out what's been like a, a dream come true for me this week. I feel like I've won a contest. I've said it before. A chance to come out here, talk sports with my friends now, not just a room of strangers. Uh, is really a thrill. So I appreciate you guys letting me come into your universe. I had a chance to really experience the culture that is the Rich Eisen Show. Real t- Rich has built something very, very special here. And I got to really experience the culture that surrounds this program, the brand. Yesterday, after the show, I hung out with Chris Brockman. We sweated it out out at Rustic Canyon. We walked in the, in the sun. Oof which was a, a strong choice at the time. It was grueling. One I questioned this morning, waking <laughs> up and coming into work. The muscles are tight. The but, glutes uh, are not activated. But nice to spend four hours on the golf course, talk to you about life, fun, you know, man. figure out the world's problems. Couldn't figure out your slice, but we could figure out the world's <laughs> problems. Yeah. Not a great, I didn't putt well yesterday. Ben Lyons is uh, swing speed. What did Michael Davies call it? Aggressive cuts. Aggressive cuts yes. were on full display in uh, Simi Valley. Well, I heard that the Knicks were going to give up 19 first-round draft picks <laughs> for Donovan Mitchell, so I let it out on my six iron. Uh, so that was fun to get to spend some time with Brockman yesterday. Hung out, and then I went, did a little power change, a little Clark Kent in the phone booth, and went down to the Sparks game to link up with TJ Jefferson, who was uh, holding up, down the seats when I got there, hanging out with uh, Worldwide Vic, Count on Vic. Shout out to Victoria. So, what yeah, up, I love uh, I love going to the Sparks games when I'm in town. Tough night last night if you're a Sparks fan, but a, yeah. a fun vibe down at the crypto. You know, the other thing that was weird was Candace Parker coming back, and she didn't score. And that was 
really weird to see. She played great defense, had a, a couple rebounds. But the other thing that kind of bothered me was the fans kind of turning on her. Like, I was like, what are we at? A bash at the beach? Like, why are, why are we turning on Candace right Those now? Those three women who were sitting behind <laughs> us every time she touched the ball were no screaming. Points. No points. No points. No points. It's to the point where they were hoping she wouldn't score just so she could keep the egg. In like, shouldn't Wait, she be getting Candace a is getting heckled? She's getting uh, yeah. heckled by the Sparks faithful. Yeah, it was, it was, it was like, Wow, it's like the the audacity of these ingrates to to, to boo Candace. Like, That's insane. Yeah. Wow, wow, how the tables have turned. Yeah, Man. times have changed. Doesn't she have her number downtown retired? In LA. She should. She should have a statue <laughs> like, out there. Insane. The whole thing. So, yeah, that was that wow. was fun last night. You Shin- don't play here anymore. <laughs> Shanae and Neka played well. Nice to see the Aguma K's healthy. So yeah, I got a chance to hang out with TJ after the show. But all week long, I've been waiting for that Del Tufo call up to the marina. I actually was on the boat yesterday, but oh, you're too busy. On. You missed the day. Come Went on. out in the Pacific, took a little cruise, yeah. came back in. That is my dream. It's been a dream to host this show, mm-hmm. but it's been my dream to get an invite to the Del Tufo boat. You'll it hasn't be back. happened yet. Just remember go. something that I like to say, Ben. What's that? Uh, nightmares are dreams, too. Just keep that in real. And, uh, yeah, but mind. Be maybe being out in the high seas with Mike might not be a, you know, might be a nightmare. I feel like that's something you get in a fortune cookie when you go to Tao. <laughs> <laughs> No, nightmares are dreams. Nightmares too. are dreams. True. Um, you know, it was uh, it, it was kind of an emotional thing this morning to see Tiger walking up the 18th yeah. at uh, St Andrews. You know, he he shot a 76 in the first round. Said with so much confidence at the at the presser yesterday that he was going to shoot 66 today, and I really believed him. Uh, but then went out and I think shot nine over or something, and just didn't have a good Open Championship. And to see him weeping walking up the fairway. Kind of a reminder of our own mortality, father time, undefeated. This guy's been through all of it. We've seen it all. We've felt it all. We have our own feelings and and opinions about his life, which is so much for him to carry all of our energy on the, on on his existence. But here he is in the birthplace of golf, walking up the 18th fairway at St. Andrews, and he's crying. And I didn't, I wasn't moved to tears because I was going on a coffee run for the guys here. Everybody was trying to put in their orders. Chris, you know, looking for that matcha green tea in the morning to get right. But I I did kind of take a moment to be like, wow, there, you know, this is not the last time we're going to see Tiger on a golf course, but the last time in an open championship at St. Andrews, most likely. Um, The reminder that. It, the end is closer than, than the beginning, obviously, but just the idea that these athletes who we grew up with, these are a big reason why I picked up a golf club in the first place. It's a big reason why I get to enjoy afternoons with my friend Chris Brockman like yesterday's because I was so inspired as a youth by Tiger Woods. And now to see him at the end, um, it, it's, it's an emotional experience for me as a fan. And then you look around the landscape of sports, and I know Davies talked about it yesterday with Ronaldo, uh, but you have you know LeBron James towards the end and Chris Paul and you know, D Wade is already a, a TV analyst and retired and, and Mello's, you know, hanging all over. He's never seen on the banana boat. He was part of the banana boat crew. And the <laughs> fact true. that that crew is, is coming to an end. The fruit salad is starting to get spoiled. It's coming to an end. It's kind of sad. It's a reminder of our own mortality. Albert Pujols doing the victory lap this summer is going to yeah. be in the home run derby on Monday. Mickey Cabrera probably on his way out. Are there well, any right? athletes for you guys that when they said goodbye, it was, not just sad because you didn't get to watch them play the sport you love, but it was almost like an introspective look inside your own mortality and place in the universe. Oh, man, I always say the first athlete whose career I remembered where I was beginning to end was Shaquille O'Neal. 
You know, you're like 11, 10, 11 years old when Shaq enters the league, and you remember that, how the fanfare in Orlando, this larger-than-life figure. Never really seen a player like him in my lifetime, the the size and the strength and the athleticism that he had, and then his career all the way through, and then, you know, playing for four or five random teams kind of at the end, and then Shaq said goodbye, and you're like, wow, I am now at a certain age where I saw the entirety of this man's amazing, legendary Hall of Fame career, and that makes you think, wow, I am getting older now. Well, yeah, when you see Tiger, you know, when you see Shaq, when you see the icons, when you see D-Wade say goodbye at the Barclays, like it's a reminder that you are getting older, and, and oftentimes we think that's a bad thing, but I think that's a good thing. Like if you look at where you were in your life when an athlete started their career and where you are now, there's so much to look back on and be proud of, I would hope, and so much to say, wow, I've had so much growth, so much life experience. So that's something to maybe hold on to um, and, and take comfort in as opposed to, oh my God, I'm getting older. I got to do something with my life. What's happening? I don't have much time left. No, it's a reminder that you know, you're know you on the journey and now look at all the things that Shaq's done after basketball. Right. Like if that's not inspiration to continue on as you go on your own life as a fan rooting for the next player to come along. But the idea that, oh, for these athletes, it's, it's the death of, of one part of their life in another, but it's the birth of something entirely different. Who knows where you know uh, Tiger's career goes after he's done playing competitive golf. I mean, there's part of me that yeah. thinks too when he's walking up that... 18th at, at St. Andrews, it's not only his own journey, but just this idea that golf will forever be changed now. And he's kind of been having to carry this for so long and push the game forward and he the tiger effect and all these things. And that now has kind of run its course with the Live Tour and the PGA putting a real fraction in the game. So just a really emotional kind of moment walking up 18 there at St. Andrews in what, in what otherwise is shaking out to be a great open championship. Just phenomenal. We got some of the scores out there. I know we talked to Sally from No Laying Up the other day, and he didn't think uh, the scores were going to be all that crazy. But now Cam Smith still has, you know, five, six holes left, and he's at 11 under, and we're not even through day two. It's just, it's pretty remarkable. You talk about Tiger Woods. I love Tiger, one of my favorite athletes of all time. You know, when we were. Growing up, Ben, you were either a Tiger guy or a Phil guy. Not a David Duvall guy? You didn't like peak performance, no? Well, he had his one moment. He shot a 59, won the Open. But, you know, you were kind of on either side. You either liked Tiger or Phil, and you just kind of took your, your, your course, and then you rolled with it. I was always a Tiger guy. I love him. Like I said, I cried on the couch when he won the Masters three years ago because it was just so emotional what, he would, what he's overcome and his journey. And you look at all these young players out there, they are his children. He birthed all of them. And I, I think he should take great pride in that. Like Max Homa played with him today, kind of struggled under the weight of playing with Tiger Woods in a major. But Max admitted growing up loving Tiger Woods. He was his favorite athlete of all time. And now he got to play with him in a major championship. I don't think you could kind of grasp what that means. It was like us, TJ. It's like you growing up loving Dr. J and suddenly you're his teammate. Like, yeah, right. I don't think you could really grasp the weight of what that means to you as a person. Like, these are all Tiger's children, and he's the father figure of golf now, and I think it's an awesome place for him. And like you said, I can't wait to see what the, the next few years come. 
Ben Lyons in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. You're talking about the idea of growing up, idolizing someone, and then getting to play alongside them or getting a chance to, I don't know, sit in the desk on their television and radio show. Like, what? I'm here on the Rich Eisen Show to watch this man when I was in high school, when I was in college, and say, that's what I want to do with my life. And now I'm sitting here holding his uh, trophy, the Rich Eisen Show Callaway Majors Tournament Championship Trophy. I know they're competing for that jug across the pond, but this is what the real players come for. <laughs> well, this it's is not amazing. his trophy yet. I mean, it's, it's going to be it, mine. It, it's in like, up for grabs. In like a week. That trophy. So this yeah. is. Uh, but we just got that in, and that's that's going to go to the winner of our Callaway contest. But yeah, it's, like, it's what we're going to talk to Lexi Brown a little bit later on in the show about. She played against Candace Parker last night. Mm-hmm. You know, so you, get, can, uh, you know, Candace obviously having that kind of presence over the game of women's basketball as being one of the icons and go-to inspired so many women yeah. to go out there and play. So I think it's so cool when you get to play with your idols, play a lot, compete against your heroes. And uh, as as father time continues to march on. So an emotional scene across the pond at St. Andrews. But yesterday, as the show was coming to an end, you know, we've got a super producer, Mike, in our ear saying 30 seconds, you know, 20 seconds. And all of a sudden, I know everybody talks about the Woj bomb, but the TJ bomb just like set off a a whole like collective, whoa, here in the studio. Because uh, now well, it, we have it, some it, updates it, on the TJ it bomb. It was a Woj bomb. I was just reading. I was just bringing the yeah, Woj but bomb here, to But when the Woj bomb goes off here yeah, right, in the here, confines of the Rich Eisen Show studio, <laughs> it's a TJ bomb. And it was the first time I got to do that, so I was excited. And it was all for nothing, apparently, guys, because as we were going off air, Ben, you said we saw that DeAndre Ayton had signed a $133 million contract with the Pacers. Well, turns out that that's not going to be the case because – and maybe the quickest no 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 get back in here of all time. I think it was like three minutes. The Suns matched it, and now he's going back to Phoenix. So Phoenix matching the offer, DeAndre Ayton uh, returning for now to the Valley mm-hmm. of the Sun. A couple interesting clauses on the contract. He cannot be traded until I think something like January, mid-season. Yeah, at mid-season some point. at least. Yeah, uh, and even then, he has to approve the trade. Um, so that's going to put a wrinkle into the Kevin Durant stuff. We've got Frank Isola checking in in a few moments. He's going to talk to us all about the state of the Brooklyn Nets and how the Aiton signing plays into it. Uh, but like you said, TJ, if Phoenix is going on a run to start the season, and by all accounts, why wouldn't they? They won 64 games last year. Why are they going to want to rock the boat mid-season and blow this thing up or, or move Aiton or try to bring in Durant come January or February? Yeah, I mean, it if they've got sense. a good thing going. Yeah, unless unless things are just going way down south for that team. And I don't suspect that they will. Like, they had a great season last year. They had, of course, you know, the playoffs ended pretty bad for them, and that's what we're remembering. But that it was a great team all season, and I don't see any reason why they won't be in the mix next and year. And DeAndre so. Ayton's really good. Chris, you, you asked earlier, how good is he? Do we know if he's any how good? good? But, you know, you look at his draft class, is he as dominated as, as Luka's been or Trey Young? No. But he did start on a team that went to the NBA Finals just two years ago. Yeah. And he did play well throughout those playoffs. And I, I think he's solid. I think they got him actually at a, at a good price. And 
it's a contract they'll be able to move in a year if they decide to move off him. So uh, I'm happy that he's returning to Phoenix. I'm looking forward to catching up with Frank Isola, somebody, another guy I grew up reading in the Daily News. I listened to his radio show, The Starting Lineup, every morning before this radio show, guys. Don't worry. Oh, before <laughs> okay. this show. All right. Just catch your show after Frank's. I thought um, you said you was okay, Spider. Frank's, Frank's going to join the show. Uh, a really interesting guy we're going to have on at 10 o'clock here on the West Coast, uh, 1 o'clock over on the East Coast, Buster Share. Buster uh, on Instagram, you can follow him. He's a sports collector. You guys will love this stuff. Collectibles. Yeah. You know, when Jason Tatum hits that game winner in game one against the Brooklyn Nets, Buster's texting his friends. I think that jersey's probably worth 200000 now. You know, like you're looking at sports through the lens of collectors, which I think is really interesting. So we'll get into that with Buster. I mentioned Lexi Brown, former point guard at Duke, plays for the Sparks. She'll check in at around 11. And then your friend and mine, Stephen Bishop. He mm-hmm. played David Justice in Moneyball. He's a great golfer. Yeah. We're going to get Stephen in here around 11.20 to close out the show. Plus, we've got our top 10 NFL teams. We've been doing all the positions all week long. Going to pay that off with our top teams. Plus, TJ's goats. TJ is going to round out his greatest players of all time yes, sir. in the NBA. So a big show here on a Friday. Thank you all for rocking out with us. Ben Lyons in for Rich. Frank Isola next on the Rich Eisen Show. Callaway didn't just create their longest irons ever with the new Rogue ST. They made their longest irons ever perform at the highest level for every type of player. Rogue ST irons come in four different offerings, each model using artificial intelligence on high-strength 450 steel. The only irons ever to do so, by the way. Their most popular iron of the bunch is Rogue ST Max. It's designed for their widest range of players because of its refined game improvement, shaping, and incredible combination of speed, forgiveness, and all-around performance. But for you low to mid-single-digit handicappers, guys like Brockman, Rogue ST Pro will give you that hollow body construction in a sleek, compact player's shape. Callaway's best game improvement model is Max OS, which gives mid to high handicappers, folks like TJ, total forgiveness (laughs) with high launch, wide soles, and enhanced offset. There's also Max OS Lite, their most forgiving high launch iron, it comes with wider soles and increased lofts in a lightweight package for players with slower swing speeds. Guys like Del Tufo. No other irons perform like the new Rogue ST irons. Find your Rogue ST irons at callawaygolf.com slash go rogue. Ben Lyons in for Rich. Frank Isola next on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests Work is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. 
Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Oh, welcome back to the show. Ben Lyons in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, Learn something new about the guys every day here hanging out in studio. <laughs> Did not know that Jeff Garland's mortal em- enemy was T.J. Jefferson. <laughs> Did you did not know that you guys were rivals? I mean, we I think we've made up since that time for sure. Yeah, he yeah. took it all back, right? Yeah. I believe. Yeah, because I did I yeah. did another post and he thought it was really funny and he was like, "All right, you're forgiven." Okay. So you haven't felt the wrath of nah, Jeff I, I, I'm, I'm no longer looking under my car or around the corner. Yeah, it's well, somebody incredible. I thought was once an arch rival who has now become a friend, and it's because I'm a fan. I listen to his radio show every single morning before this show. Before this show. I listened to the starting lineup on Sirius XM NBA radio hosted by Brian Scalabrini and Frank Isola. And I thought he was once a rival, but now he's a friend. And I I consider him a, a, a dear friend because I listen to him every single morning. So I feel like I really know him. Frank, have you found parking spots in the city? And thanks for joining us on the show. Um, now, now I'm starting to think that this is an April Fool's joke as well. <laughs> oh, man, you're trying to pull a fast one on me. I have found uh, good parking spots in the city. I told you the one time. I pulled into a spot, and it was uh, a woman was in the car. She rolled down the window. She said, oh, I really like you on TV, and it turned out to be Kyrie Irving's aunt. And the first thing I said was, well, she's clearly not listening to the radio show in the morning. <laughs> if, if, I'm, if she really likes me on TV, she would not like me on radio, that's for sure. I heard you on radio talking about the possibility of Kyrie Irving playing basketball in Miami, which would be the unstoppable force versus the immovable object. This is culture killer versus heat culture. How would this, <laughs> how would this work in Miami, Frank? Well, you, know, you think, all right, so Dan Levitard was on his show yesterday, and he mentioned, he mentioned it, and Dan pretty plugged in with the Miami Heat. Now, is there a chance that Dan is just, you know, throwing stuff out there? Maybe. Something tells me he might have uh, a little intel from the Miami Heat organization. doesn't mean that it's going to happen. But after I heard that, I contacted somebody who would know, and they did tell me that is possible. So, you know, I, I don't think it's the craziest move. For either team, obviously Miami is only, you know, you're getting Kyrie for one year. He's a dynamic player. Kyle Lowry did not have a good year this season, but I think a lot of it had to do with stuff that was happening in his, uh, with his family off the court. I think, uh, you know, a family member was dealing with an illness, and obviously he wasn't in good shape and didn't play well. But, uh, you know, to me, it's not the craziest thing for, for either team. And I think the Nets would certainly consider if they felt that Kyle Lowry could help them. Frank Isola joining the show. Ben Lyons in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. Frank, you've been covering the NBA for a long time. You've been around some of the all-time great players. What do you make of Kyrie Irving? <laughs> well, you hear us talk about it all the time. The people that love him always say, man, you see that sick handle he's got. 
he's a great Paul. Look at the talent he has. And I did the game on the Yes Network when he scored uh, 60 points against Orlando. That, that's all great. But to me, he just doesn't play enough. So you know, the, the best players, they, they have to be out there playing all the time and playing at a high level. And I think the thing that really hurt Kyrie the most was when he went to Boston and that first year they went to a conference finals without him. And then he didn't really play well for them in year two and they got bounced in the second round. And really, you know, before LeBron didn't do much. Now, granted, he was a young player, not on a great team. But when LeBron was there, he was very good. There's no question about it. But when he went to Boston, he wasn't great. And in Brooklyn, he hasn't been great either. They've only won one playoff series for crying out loud. And, the, you know, this year against the Boston Celtics, they got completely outclassed. You know, they had the four-point lead late in game one, and Kyrie, I think, at 36 points or 39 points up to that time. But ever since then, or those last three games, he did not play well. There's no, there's no question, Ben, that he's a talented player. But to me, it's about relying on him. Can you rely on him for Can you give me 60 or 65 games a year? Can you play well in the playoffs? But as you know, with Kyrie, it's always something. This year it was the vaccination status. I'm of the belief if every player in the NBA said, you know, I'm not playing with uh, anybody that, that doesn't get the vaccination, Kyrie would have gotten it and, you know, and said, well, I don't know, I can't play now. because this, Put it this way, there's always something with Kyrie, and I think that's what drives his current team crazy, and I think that's what drives potential suitors crazy as well. Might be tough for a team to rely on him, but I can rely on your show uh, creating a lot of content because if he creates a lot of content and when you yeah. watch him on Twitch or you see him on Instagram, I wonder, Frank, from your perspective, again, as someone who's covered the game for a long time, do you think about what some of the players in the 80s and 90s would have done with social media? Who would you like to have seen on a Twitch live stream? <laughs> well, let's face it. I think, I think Dennis Rodman certainly would have been pretty good. And even though Charles Barkley says that he would not have gotten involved in stuff like that, I could see him doing something like that. Then you think about guys like Vernon Maxwell, and John Starks. Now, Jeff Van Gundy always used to have a pretty good saying that, you know, the only two guys that actually did a pretty good job defending Michael Jordan were John Starks and Bernard Maxwell because they were both crazy enough to think that they were just as good as Michael Jordan. I think Gary Payton, remember how much he used to run his mouth, I think would have been good. I think Michael Jordan, I think he would have stayed out of it. I think Michael, Michael Jordan liked people coming after him, and then he would use it like his motivation, Kobe kind of became that same kind of player. But it's funny, Ben, as you know, they provide so much content. Look at a guy like Ben Simmons, who came to Brooklyn, never played in a game, is showing up on the sideline wearing these like crazy outfits. So a guy that was hiding on the court in the fourth quarter of games now wants to be noticed just sitting on the bench. He ends up showing up in Las Vegas sitting in the front row. The guy has not played a game since last June, but like he loves being in the center of attention. It's just very bizarre. Yeah, but Frank, sources are telling me he's in the best shape of his life. Yes. He's ramping up. Yes, he is. He's ramping yes. up, and we're going to expect big things from him this season. Is ramping up your favorite phrase in sports? <laughs> and now everyone uses it. If you watch like the news, I've heard the weathermen say it, weather women as well. I've heard anchors on news programs say that became the new term in the NBA, which was a fancy way of saying the guy's not playing. You know, it was the force. It was all these different stages. It was first you're clear for on-court activities. Then it's one-on-one, two-on-two, three-on-three. You skip over four-on-four. You go back to you go to setback. Don't forget setback. You go and then you then you have a setback, and now you're ramping back up to on-court activities. And doesn't it drive you nuts too that it's always the guys that didn't play during the regular season? Kawhi Leonard is in this camp. Uh, uh, John Wall, Zion Williamson, famously now is in this camp where they don't play at all. The minute the you know the last game of the finals is played, 
every day you've got to read or hear something about how those guys look great in their workouts. It always happens the minute the season ends. Guess what, guys? There are 82 games next season. You could prove to us how good you look. I don't care about summer workouts and all this other nonsense. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Zion uh, Instagram 360 dunks like the day after the (laughs) season ends. Hey, Frank, this weekend out in Brooklyn, Donovan Mitchell Jr. will be throwing out the first pitch at the Brooklyn Cyclones game. It will also be Donovan Mitchell Jr. bobblehead night in Brooklyn. What does this mean? Will you be in Brooklyn? And will Donovan Mitchell be playing for the Knicks next year? Great, great job by the Cyclones because, A, you're going to get a lot of media people there. I think you'll get a lot of fans or you'll get a lot of Nick fans there. But it's also funny because, as you know, Richard Jefferson came out after the story, uh, after Adrian Wojnarowski had reported that the Jazz are willing to listen to offers. He said, where's the loyalty now? As if Donovan Mitchell doesn't want to be traded to New York. Notice how Kevin Durant, it's out there that he wants to be traded. He's maintained a low public profile. Now, he's still on social media, but you really haven't seen him. Donovan Mitchell more than happy to show up at a game in Brooklyn where he knows everyone's going to bow down to him and he's going to get all the cheers and things like that. So he wants to come to New York. The Knicks have been you know, plotting to get him now for two or three years. You know, The deal that I guess uh, was reported by the Athletic, the six first-round picks and all those players, the, uh, the Knicks would be crazy to do something like that. And you have to be careful with Danny Ainge because Danny Ainge doesn't always hit a home run. The trade for Kyrie Irving didn't work out. But Danny Ainge is pretty shrewd, and he, he knows what he's doing, and he knows that the Knicks really want Donovan Mitchell, but you know, I like Donovan Mitchell, and he's going to be an upgrade. But the guy is generously listed as six one. You know, he's not a big player. And if you're Allen Iverson, Hall of Famer Isaiah Thomas, you could be. You know, there have been guys that could be that size and could be franchise players. In the case of Isaiah Thomas, he did win two championships. But you know, you're not getting Kawhi Leonard or, Le- or LeBron James here. So I think I think the Knicks fans are excited, and it's a big name. But let's remember, he did get bounced in the playoffs in the first round this year. Last year, as the best player on the Utah Jazz, they lost their final two games to the Clippers, and the Clippers did not have Kawhi Leonard. So, yes, he's a good player. I think it's going to happen at some point. If I'm the Knicks, I'm not giving up the farm to get him by any stretch of the imagination. But it's, it's not the end-all, be-all. Well, if he does come to the Knicks and they make the playoffs, let's just hope he doesn't punch a fire extinguisher in the middle of a series. <laughs> Frank, you've been covering uh, basketball for a long time. It's got to be a trip for you to see Jalen Brunson get the bag from the Knicks and be the starting point guard for the Knicks. What are your earliest memories of young Jalen Brunson? This is a true story. 1999, during the NBA uh, playoffs, you know, his dad, Rick, was on the Knicks, you know, probably the last man on the team, and he was very close with uh, Marcus Camby and especially Latrell Sprewell. The three of them were as thick as thieves. And, you know, uh, there were a couple of times when Jalen would come into the locker room all the way back. I mean, he was real small back then. And I got to know, you know, I got to be pretty close with um, Rick and I became close with Leon Rose. Even though I don't think now that Leon's worked for the Knicks, I don't think I've spoken to him in three years, but a bunch of years ago, my daughter um, had committed to Villanova and I was driving home from the school and Rick said to stop over at his house. I stopped over. He was having a barbecue and uh, Leon showed up and Jalen was there. Remember Tim Perry who played in the NBA? Who of I course. Think, who played at Temple, and I think was famously included in the uh, Charles Barkley trade, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, with, uh, with the Phoenix Suns. He was there with his son, who was getting ready to play college basketball. So I got to know Jalen really well. He's a, I mean, he's a great person. And he's, for the Knicks, to me, I get the money and everything like that. And everyone's going to say, how can you, uh, you know, all this money, giving it to Jalen Brunson. He's a low-maintenance, high-production player. He's going to make everyone else around him better. He's mature. You know, 
we Ben, you and I always make fun of the Miami Heat and the media with the Heat culture, Heat culture. A guy like Jalen Brunson is going to help your culture. That's the kind of guy that you want. For me, I, I think it's a, I, I think it's a terrific player for the uh, for the Knicks to get. You need to start somewhere, and getting him, he's only going to make like look at the way Quentin Grimes has played in summer league. He's been very good. All these young players, uh, Brian Scalabrini, you heard him say today on radio where he said having Jalen Brunson with all these young guys is a great move for the New York Knicks. Hearing Frank Isola fired up for the New York Knicks point guard position in July, what is happening? I keep I keep it real, Larry. You know all these other fans. Every move they make is the greatest thing ever, greatest thing ever. You tell people to pump the brakes, and then they call you a hater. I'm, you know, <laughs> listen. My opinion isn't always right, but I do believe. Listen, am I somewhat biased toward Jalen Brunson? <laughs> yes, I am. But I think I think he's a really. I could not believe that he went in the second round, which tells you that a lot of GMs miss it a lot of times. The guy did win two national championships when he was at college, and it wasn't. And he had good players on his team: Mikael Bridges, Eric Pasco. But it, you know that wasn't. He wasn't playing with Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, and Cam Reddish at Duke. You know, and the guy won two national championships. He was a national player of the year. He's a really good player who wins. And look at how well. I think what really cemented it for him was if you go to Game One against uh, against Utah this year, where you don't have. Uh, Luca out there, and Jalen had the really big game. Listen, did he have? Was he great in every playoff game? Of course he wasn't, but he but he's a really good player who's going to make the Knicks better. And you know what's going to happen, Ben? You and I both like him. In five years from now, everyone's going to say, "I knew that he'd be great." They're not going to give us any credit, so we're already we're already ready. We're already ready not to get credit for. This. I feel like you're in it for the credit, and you never get it, Frank. Like even DeAndre uh, Ayton signing, you've been banging this drum for a long time. You know, you, you, well, and, well, explain explain to me, Ben, how in a league where everyone gets paid, including Michael Porter, who misses a ton of games and was in the same draft, he got a huge contract. But poor DeAndre Ayton, who went to an NBA Finals two seasons ago, was the starting center of a 64 win team, somehow couldn't get paid up until uh, last night. It, to me, it made. No sense. I mean, I, I think Phoenix made the right move. They actually got him. Maybe it's a little bit cheaper. The only thing now, if they had signed him, think about this, Pat. If they had signed him before the start of last season, now they could use him in a potential Kevin Durant trade. So waiting, waiting they got him actually cheaper than giving him the five-year contract, but now they can't move him until January, and obviously that first year, which I didn't, I never know these salary cap rules, so please do not come to me the salary cap rules. But I did not know that he can veto uh, any trade the first year under this contract. So he actually has a little leverage his first year with the Phoenix Suns. Frank Isola joining the show, one half of the starting lineup on Sirius XM NBA radio, my favorite radio show when I'm not listening to this radio show. Ben Lyons <laughs> in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. Um, getting back to Jalen Brunson, Frank, I'm not worried about Jalen Brunson. I know he comes from an NBA family. I know he's got a good head on his shoulders. But he's playing point guard in New York City. We got fat yeah. fashion weeks coming up in the fall. We got the meatpacking district. I saw last year Evan Fournier, after he has the big opening night, he tweets out, I love the Lower East Side. What happens? His production goes right in the tank. Yeah. <laughs> if you're Jalen Brunson, what do you, where do you live in the city, Frank? What do you tell him about going out in New York City? And how tight are the leather pants where we start to get worried? <laughs> I think, you know what? I think you hit on something with, which is legitimate. And I even think for like some of the best players, you know, uh, John Starks was brilliant when he played for the Knicks, and he was a fighter and everything. Then all of a sudden, very slowly but surely, he got into golf and he got into fashion. And then the next thing you know is basketball, you know, your top priority. And sometimes it changes a little bit, and I think that has happened to players. 
I think for him, he is all about basketball. I think the fact that the Knicks practice up in Westchester will help. I know his dad is living near the practice facility. I'm not saying they're going to live together. I know that he has a pretty steady girlfriend, which is actually a good thing. Maybe at some point uh, Jalen will get engaged. But I, I just don't think he's that kind of guy. I think he's all about basketball. And I do think he's the kind of guy that knows there's going to be a lot of pressure. And, you, and you're 100% right about this. You know, it's one thing to be the second-round pick who goes to Dallas, and anything that you do, everyone looks at it like it's great. Yeah, we're playing with house money. Now it's different. You do have the big contract, and now it's going to be based on performance. It's not that, you know, you're going to have to play well all the time, but I do think he's up for something like that. And I don't think the money and the, you know, probably the power in some ways will go to his head. I think, I think he'll stay pretty well grounded. Frank, what I love about doing this show when Rich is out on vacation is that I've got a support staff here, a team of producers who will jump at a moment's notice to help me tell the best sports stories I can possibly tell. After several weeks apart, because of summer league and vacation, you and Brian Scalabrini are finally back together. And how did your support team and how did your producers treat you? Oh my God! They 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 sometimes I don't think they like me, which is a which is a little bit of an issue. My girl uh, Victoria and Marcos, who work behind the scenes, are really good. But Brian's unbelievable. Like the so the big, he does the big three. Why I have no idea. So I text him when the story comes out that maybe the big three could be folded. I get no response from him. But he's also heavily he's heavily involved in AAU. He coaches his daughter's uh, AAU team, and he said he was at an AAU tournament. I think it was in Cincinnati. And he said all these like AAU coaches and high school coaches and college coaches all tell him how much they like the show. He said that nobody talked about his playing career. I didn't have the heart to tell him. Your playing career wasn't that memorable where they would talk about it. He said all they wanted to talk about was the radio show, which actually made me feel uh, pretty good, believe it or not. Greatest player I've ever played with in an organized basketball game. I played with him in a charity game. I think he went for 35 and 15. Was he shooting. that. Yeah, was shooting Didn't from. We talk about this? Yeah, and I, I don't think I've ever talked to him about. It. I don't think I've ever talked to him out after that day. But it was unbelievable display of basketball. He dominated Keenan Allen, Sal Masakela, and the third vampire from Twilight. It was a <laughs> tremendous performance. Hey, Ben, when he, uh, you know, so he still does that where he, when he's working at a gym, a high school kid would say, "I'll beat you," and Brian says, "Well, we have to bet." And the last time he did it, it was only a couple weeks ago. He said, "If you win, I'll give you my truck." And somehow this truck is $80,000. Who's spending $80,000 on a truck? I have no idea. But the kid said, okay, what do I have to put up? And Brian said, put up your phone. And he's like, yeah, no problem. So Brian destroys the kid. I think it's like 6 nothing. Whatever they played, it's 6 or 10 or 11, whatever the case may be. But he shuts him out. And Brian takes the kid's phone. And the kid is getting upset to the point where he's almost crying. And he never actually – he eventually gives it back to the person. But he says, you know, you have to play. We have to play for something. And the kid was getting all excited, like, oh, I'm going to take on this truck. The kid didn't take a point on him. He's six foot nine, and he played in the NBA. I think sometimes people are a little misled by how good you have to be to play in the NBA. Even the guys that don't play a lot are still pretty good players. Oh, of course. Some guys like you and I sit up here and give our opinions. Of, I mean, it's ridiculous. They, they are the, the greatest athletes uh, in the world, except for Evan Turner, who I think I'm better than, but I digress. Uh, Frank, thank you <laughs> so much for uh, taking some time, man. And I truly, uh, I mean it when I say it, your radio show is terrific. It's my favorite listen every morning before this show. Keep up the great ben, work, man. Ben, thanks a lot. By the way, you did a great job uh, hosting that little uh, 
Manchester United Tottenham thing that they did in uh, Brooklyn a few months back. You're like a big shot. See, I appreciate that, Frank, because in a in a previous life, that would have been like a passive aggressive comment from Frank because he wanted to host that show because he's a big Premier League guy. But now that we're friends and we're no longer rivals, I appreciate the the the, the kind words. Carrick with knocking it out of the park. (laughs) Thanks, buddy. Good luck with the parking. Talk to you soon. See you guys. Bye. Frank Isola prides himself on the parking in Midtown Manhattan. It was a a very funny bumper on his show where, you know, he's talking about how young coaches will tell, you know, players, they say, hey, you know, do the little things, right, Chris? Like set screens, you know, right? block out, you know, play defense. And it's like, no, just shoot the basketball. Like go get buckets. (laughs) The rest will figure itself out. Frank, he's doing eight jobs to try to make ends meet. No, just go shoot the the basketball. Um, Everyone's got a role, Ben. Hey, what would Kyrie Irving's role be down in Miami, huh? It wouldn't be to necessarily be the leader of the team. The center uh, uh, of that team is obviously Jimmy Butler. He is the emotional heartbeat of the current Miami Heat group. I think Frank's onto something. If Kyrie goes down there, you just got to go out there and play basketball. We don't need you to be this leader and to take on more responsibility. Just go out there, play basketball. I'm starting to like the idea of Miami for Kyrie Irving. If he's not going to stay in Brooklyn, wow! If he's not gonna, if he's not going to continue to play with Kevin Durant, if this thing really is going to end, the idea of him going down to Heat culture, playing with Pat Riley, it'd be kind of cool. I feel like that's a personality clash with why, Jimmy it's, Butler, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. that's why I like it. I think it'd be good. Friction. I mean, how Jimmy, many personalities link match up perfectly with Butler's though? Like Mark you know, Wahlberg, no, they got a good true. friendship. He tried to fight his head coach and NUD at one point during the regular yeah, season. in the middle of a game. And he so, got them to a jump shot away from, from the NBA Finals again. We never actually talked about that, but I love that shot from Jimmy Butler. I, I, when he shot it, I thought it was going in. You genuinely thought in that moment. Was it like when you drop a cell phone and it's falling and it feels like time is standing still? Yeah, it was in slow motion. Yeah. The, the meltdown had started. I had to leave. Uh, there were people over my house. I had to go outside into the backyard and like walk around, so I... So I could scream in peace. But Gwyneth Paltrow sliding doors. It was for another universe and another timeline. And here you are, having gone to the NBA Finals. So such is the life of Brockman. Um, Top 10 NFL teams. Let's see where the Patriots rank on Brockman's (laughs) list. We'll get into that. Coming up next, Ben Lyons in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the show. Ben Lyons in for Rich, the Rich Eisen Show. Read a really inspiring stat that uh, WNBA merchandise sales at All-Star Weekend up 50%. Love to see that. Nice. Nice. Going in the right direction. We had a blast last night despite the outcome. Sparks kind of 
kind of got worked last night by the yeah. defending champs. But Aaron Donald sitting courtside, oh, got yeah. a nice ovation from the crowd. Also, here's the deal, though, right? If you're going to have Aaron Donald, one of the greatest football players of all time, at the game, and you're trying to like you know boost the recognition of the, the women in the sport, let they waited until like there was like a minute and a half left to go. Oh, by the way, uh, Aaron Donald, you know him? He's good at football. He's sitting here. Like, yeah. like show hey, earlier. Let people know that you know this NFL they, greats in the house. They waited until like end of the game. Like four Chris, minutes to like, go in the no, fourth there quarter. was like two minutes left <laughs> in the game, and it was already like kind of a. It was well. It was like a thirteen. Did we get that like between the first and second quarter? Just kind of like jumbotron, Aaron Donald. Unless, unless of course he showed up late. That could very well have been the case. So you know, I didn't think about that. Good to see him. Good to see him in the building. Uh, A couple other characters there last night. um, But we had a blast, and and it's fun to watch Chanae and Neca go out. It's fun to watch Chanae because you see her on TV all the time, and you go watch her play, and she has a nose for the basketball. Just find the ball. Also, the fact that you know we're very big on siblings and and sports. You know, because you always hear about the Mannings when they played and blah, blah. But there's so many sets of siblings that never get mentioned. And just for those two, two sisters on the same squad, like. Like leaders in the Players yeah. Association. One it of them is a dynamic enough. star on television. The other is a former MVP of the league. Mm-hmm. Like that is definitely. And then they have, there's a third sister I know who played D1 ball and was drafted. And I don't know if she hung on in yeah, the W. Right. I think she's been in and out of uh, out of the league. But. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, think about the the Bosa family. Oh, yeah. you know, I mean, we got obviously the Kelseys, and we can go through all the brothers and sisters who were playing sports at yeah, a high there's level. So many, you know. Um, but yeah, I had a blast out there. We were gonna do our top ten NFL teams. However, I feel like we might be up against it. We yeah, gotta we let that breathe yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah, yeah. you know, Let's because there are definitely hot debate. twelve or thirteen teams I was looking at, but I only yep. made a list of ten. Well, I made a list because it's a top ten list. You right. have like yeah. two more. Right. Sometimes there are top know. ten lists I know on this show right. that often feature twelve or thirteen entries on the list. Yeah, this yeah. is a true top ten, top 10. list. It was tough, though, to narrow down the top it 10 teams in the tough. NFL. It was tough. I'm excited to see what the uh, YouTube commenters have to say. Yeah. Always, always. <laughs> very informed, well, passionate, the right where our team plays. <laughs> real, real nice people. <laughs> you, know what's funny? you know what's funny? I'm looking at this Every, list. Hey, everyone, I'm aware that the Raiders play in Las Vegas, okay? I said the Chargers still played in San Diego two years after the move to L.A. It's really not a big deal. That doesn't mean I don't know anything about football. Calm down. Wait, hold on. If you walk around... LA and you ask people on Hollywood Boulevard where the Chargers play, I say 30% say San Diego. I say more. More. Yeah. 70%. Yeah, I say yeah. I'm up with Brock. Well, if we're going to talk about this, I want to bring this up. You know, I've been doing... Oh. I've been See, doing... Obviously, I've been doing the, the goats for... Uh, my goat thing, but then we were doing our top 10 list, right? Yeah. And you Which, know, by I the put, way, are supposed to be fun. Supposed yes, to be fun. And by the way... That's why they call like, them lists. I, I'm I'm sorry. Like all of a sudden, I'm crazy because I don't have Alvin Kamara. And this one guy told me I'm crazy. I don't know anything about football because I don't have Alvin Kamara in my top ten, even though he fell outside of the top ten in rushing last year. But the weird thing is, right? I'm weird and I don't know football because I put my favorite running back from my favorite team on. <laughs> and it's a comment written to me by someone who wants me to put their favorite running back from their favorite team on. So I guess if I had done that, I wouldn't be crazy and I wouldn't know what I was talking. Somebody help me to make it make sense. Welcome to Sports Talk Radio. I, I'm so confused. Three minutes. 53 minutes is how long wow. it went for <laughs> TJ 
to say that he was done and get worried about the comments. And now here we are, 53 minutes I, I, later. I didn't bring it up, though. It's part of the conversation. Into the comments. It's part of the conversation. What better setting for the 150th Open than the old course at St. Andrews, the birthplace of golf, where the hope of today is inspired by the legends already written here. The Open Championship Saturday, 7 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. Yes. We have some sound from Tiger Woods talking about walking off the 18th at St. Andrews. Take a listen. Again, anytime you get the chance to come back and play the old course um, in the open, um, it's just it's just special. It really is. And as I uh, said to Tim, I've been lucky enough to have been doing this since 1995. And uh, um, I, I don't know if I'll be physically able to, to play another British Open here at St. Andrews. I feel, certainly feel like I'll be able to play more British Opens, but I don't know if I'll be able to around, you know, uh, when it comes back around here. So um, the warmth and the ovation on, at 18, it, it, it got to me. Um, uh, and just to walk, you know, I, I felt the guys stop there off, off the tee on 18. And I, it, uh, it was just incredible. The just amount of understanding and respect um, from all, all the people that are involved in, in this event that, that come out and support it, uh, the players. Uh, the nods I was getting as the players were going out. Um, I looked over there and, you know, Rory gave me a tip of the cap. JT did the same. Um, it, it just, it's just, there's something to it that's just different. Oh, love it. Love it. Emotional scene over there at the old course at St. Andrews. Tiger Woods uh, probably playing in his last British Open at the old course. Very, very cool moment there. Yeah, Tiger and I think John Rahm were talking about how it doesn't appear that the Open will go back to St. Andrews until maybe 2030, you know, maybe eight years. Usually it's kind of a five, six-year thing, but it, it looks like it might be a little bit longer than that. And so that would put Tiger at maybe, what, 54? So we look at sports through this lens, right, as fans putting it in its historical context, who the greatest of all time are. We're going to get to TJ's goats for the NBA a little bit later on in the show. But coming up next, my friend Buster's calling in because I look at that photo of Tiger watch, walking across the bridge that last time on 18 at St. Andrews, and he's holding up his hat. How much is that hat worth? Oh, wow, a lot. How much is that sweater vest, his last sweater vest that he wore? All these little things are, are, are up for sale in the world of sports collectibles. You guys love the world of trading cards. You guys love the world of bobbleheads. Just look at TJ's office. I mean, <laughs> right there uh, alone has $100,000. You know what? The items over there, priceless. Can't even put a, put a price on those items. But, I, but they are for sale. Maybe you saying. could ask Buster. <laughs> right, right. Stuff, you might not be able to give away. Right? <laughs> like Ted DiBiase said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So <laughs> we'll, we'll catch up with my man Buster. You can follow him on Instagram, at Buster. We'll talk some sports collectibles next. It's Ben Lyons in for Rich, the Rich Eisen Show. Yeah, TJ, you got a lot of great stuff over here. I have a, uh, a Hall of Fame running back helmet that I've been working on. I've got uh, Jerome Bettis and Barry Sanders, Marshall Falk, and Terrell Davis. So if anyone As wants you guys that. wear your goat chains, this is the goat in the studio. That is an old school cell phone. That's my brick phone uh -huh. yeah, signed by stole my idea. Zach Morris. Because you didn't have the brick phone. My brick phone, oh, Michael Douglas. That actually is sound by oh, Michael Douglas, strong. aka Gordon, De which he actually Gordon, Gordon Gecko, and, and he spelled, spelled Gordon it wrong, wrong. Gordon, which makes it even worth more. <laughs> <It's amazing. laughs> there is no better 
collectible moment on this show than when the late great Ray Liotta sat on this couch. Oh, oh yeah, I mean, that was that's I mean that insane. is the greatest that's sports great. collectible that's moment, insane. moment uh, in the history Rich, of the Rich Eisen show. By the way, you spent how much on that? Yeah, it's so good, <laughs> Fugazi. It's so good. It's like. And uh, pretty much probably all the other autographs are Fugazi. Oh, it has mostly. to be. Right? Let's talk to Buster. We got Buster fake. calling up in a, in a moment. We can talk to him about, you know, autograph, authentic, authentication. We can talk about how now kids are wanting selfies or a snap instead of an autograph. Exactly. Um, and just the idea of sports collectibles. I mean, I was just going through the basement in my parents' house, and, and I discovered that I have 450 Jose Canseco cards. Yes. <laughs> what do I do with them? They're probably well, not worth that much. Yeah. <laughs> No, I was trying I to track him down, Brockman. By the way, right I was trying to—I was trying to track him down for the you show. You know what's right now? We were unopened VHS, Jose. Unopened VHS car wash signing cassettes make it. are big. Yeah. Oh, open unopened VHS cassettes. Are you serious? Are now big, huge. Yeah, unopened. You, you might have big. You might have unopened video games. Your what, am I, what am I doing? Flying out here and working with no, you no, no, guys? No, 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 I should no, just no, be no. selling Your videotapes out of the basement. You have ask. to have really unopened yeah. video. Back to the future, right? Went for how much? Were we were talking uh, about just ridiculous amount. Like how much? Six hundred bucks? No, no, no. So, no, 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 no and a couple zeros. Five figures. Yeah, yeah. It's insane. Okay. Someone found a Legend of Zelda. If you're watching right now on Peacock, I need you to go to the basement. I need you to take Where's all of the unopened videotapes. <laughs> I need you to book two plane tickets to Fiji and let's you and mom get out of here. Sell the tapes and just go. Come on. And the promo stuff's worth even more. And that's what your father has. Probably. That's true. Yeah, right? Legend of Zelda went for 250 There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Unopened. All right. I got some. Uh, I'm gonna call my mother during the commercial break, and uh, we'll talk to Buster Share about collectibles coming up next. Is Ben Lines in for Rich, the Rich Eisen Show.